You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. I was going to ask you, uh, there was an announcement a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Did you hear about what the... <laughs> Neil Simon? A little closer to the... Uh, about Neil Simon passing they away? They announced Neil Simon was going to die. That's right. Oh, he was dead already. I did too. Yeah. I get all these old playwrights confused. And I didn't realize he was around. He was still around. Like, I thought he was dead back in the 90s. Yeah. No, he's... I didn't realize... Apparently, he was still around. Recent development. Was he still writing, you think? I don't know. He has health problem. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, no. he's got a huge health problem now. <laughs> no. That's so sad. <laughs> what? Dude, the guy was 91. All right? Let's, let's We should not all be, be so like, lucky. He went too soon. No, no, he was 91. Nobody like ever says, like, he stuck around too long, man. Like, he really should have died five years ago in his prime. I kind of felt that, and I don't mean to be disrespectful to the dead, but like Aretha Franklin. Yes. And everybody's like, oh, my God, Aretha Franklin. I'm like, man, she really hasn't been doing a whole lot. No. She hasn't done a whole lot. Do you want to die young, or at least youngish, when you're still cognizant or... Uh, well? This I is a loaded question. I don't ever want to die. That is true. Because I am not sure what's beyond here. I'm hoping that they... And I don't uh, think there is anything. And that scares the shit out of me. I'm hoping they're so like, able to... I don't want to leave the party. I, I'm hoping the singularity yeah. uh, occurs. Yes. That we're able to upload our brains. That's right. A la Black Mirror. Uh-huh. San Junipero. You ever watch Black Mirror? Yeah. It's a great episode called San Junipero. Yeah. I love that show. It? Uh-huh. <laughs> Where Drew Barrymore eats people because no, she's no. part zombie. <laughs> no. It's the other Netflix exclusive. Uh-huh. Man, oh, we'll, Glow. Love Glow. Oh, damn it. No? Well, that's a good one, too. It's a good show. Yes, it is. It's uh, a good Glow. Fu- okay, no. So, I, have you watched uh, Annihilation yet? God damn it. Jenna, what did I say the other day? I was like, we got to watch that movie soon because Joe keeps asking me. I keep He's asking. really anxious to talk about it. Well, it's going to have to go another week, I'm afraid, because... <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were waiting for her to answer, so I was like... Oh, no, no. Right. She, she, she knows her role. Oh, wow. Sit there and look pretty. Wow. Dude. Just kidding, just kidding. I love that. I love how you try to present yourself on the podcast, but then, like, guys, when the mics are off, it's Joel's like, "Hey, baby, do you I want know. me to get you your co- baby? Yeah. You want some coffee, baby? Hey, baby, we're getting ready to record, baby. We all know baby. who uh, wears the baby, pants. Do you want- hey, baby, are you feel- baby? Are you okay, baby? Hey, baby, huh? Hey, baby, baby. So, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you go ahead and butch up all you want on That's the podcast. That's what I'm buddy. saying. It's, it's my whole persona. <laughs> I'm not really racist or any of the things I pretend. It's all it's all a show. Speaking of racism, cut this part out, Joe. Uh, what? Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, so, yes. Speaking of racism, before <laughs> I knew you were about to do a great segue, but I'm going to cut into that. Sure. Because uh, I wanted Thanks. to know. Love if, it. <laughs> oh, cut that part out. Let's do it. Speaking of racism. <laughs> no, what were you going to say? No, this makes for a better segue. No, Let's go, what it. were you going to say? Uh, it has nothing to I'm do gonna with I'm going to ruin this now. It kind of has something to do with racism. What were you going to say? So, uh, are you familiar with the Oscars? John McCain. You ever heard of the Oscars? A little uh, award show that happens? I've heard of it. Uh, yeah. they, they, yeah, familiar with it? Very, very little known thing that goes on in the <laughs> Did you hear about their recent announcement that they're, what they're, they're mixing up the categories again? You know how they like to do this every decade or so? Oh, no. What are they oh, instead do? of. Uh, five movies nominated for Best Picture. Now we're going to do ten. Or you know what? Just as many as we like. It's arbitrary, but only only up to ten. Wow. Uh, so, yeah. What we, are they doing? What we, are... Do you not know about this? No. We've got another one of these on their hands. No. Uh, so they're creating a whole new category, Joe. Oh, whole new category oh, for the 20... I guess it will be 19, celebrating the 2018 oh, I'm films. I can only imagine. Yes, right gird now. your loins. Uh, they are creating a popular category. The, the popular movie. Uh, they've got a name for it, but I want to say it, it has the 
it's so flowerly worded, but basically it's the most popular movie. What a fucking so, so yep. basically whichever movie makes the most money or just that they deem um it's 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 so basically Mad Max Fury Road would have won that would have won that uh, yes exactly a few it's years like, ago it's the the fucking consolation prize it absolutely is it's the participation trophy and that's how it's being that was immediately the critical response to this announcement which is this doesn't change this isn't what we were asking for and in fact it's even worse than what we were asking for if you were trying to be inclusive oh well yeah we'll let your popcorn summer marvel movies uh, be in our little award show but but now with now they've basically done a separate but equal so basically they're saying your movies will never win. No, we'll never find they're it not good real enough. films, Joe. But we'll give you this one trophy. Yes, they're not about gay Europeans discovering their sexuality in the sixties. <laughs> that or or a, a prince learning how to speak in public. <laughs> that's right, because that's fucking great. But uh, you know, hey, it's cute that you got a lot of people to see it, and uh, you got some good actors to be in your little movie. Yeah. So uh, here's your award. Love it. And and it made even this worse. Is so embarrassing. It is embarrassing. And you know what's even worse about it? It's the Black Panther Award. Black Panther is the movie that's going to win the the new segregation award for the Oscars in 2019. But Black Panther... Right? Don't you think? Is Black Panther going to be up for it? It's like the highest grossing... Yeah, it came wait, out no, in February. Wait, did it co- it came oh, out in February. Jesus. Yeah, I know. It feels like it was two years because ago Because this turnaround time of, of, oh, you can uh, now own The Last Jedi, even though it came out 90 days ago. Yes. Like, you were telling me, like... Uh, I was like, hey, have you seen Infinity Wars again? You're like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I bought it. I bought it. I, you I fucking got it. bought it? How it came you... out on digital. Like a, like in the, the Korean black market? You got a copy of <laughs> it somehow? Like, no, iTunes. Oh, oh shit. Just <laughs> so, yeah, came out in right. May. <laughs> it came out in May. Yeah, dude. Anyway, a lot it, to digest it there. Oh, it's still doing Sweeney Todd. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that was a whole three shows ago, Joe. I go, I, yeah, I know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Thoughts? What are your feelings? About this award? I yes. think it's fucking garbage. I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> yes. It this is. is so dumb. It's... It's all. It's the same way I feel about like best animated feature. Like yeah, just be, it's the like, whatever the best if movie Beauty is. Beauty and the Beast is a fucking great film, and it deserves to be nominated for best picture. Then fucking let it be nominated for best picture. I don't mind there being a best animated short category. Yeah, that's fine. It's different. But Beauty and the Beast was a feature film and should have been included in that in that whole that whole category. Yeah. And so now when they have like best animated movie. I'm like, fuck you. There's like Because that feels the same way. Exactly. It feels the same way. Like, your film is really good, but, I mean, come on. It's a cartoon. Yeah, it, so, it has to do with aliens, right? so it can't be serious. Uh, so, no, that kind of pisses me off. I well, think this is it's dumb. You and everyone else. Uh, All right. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what happens. <laughs> I can't wait to see, like, the, the Academy, tr- in, in an attempt to try to be progressive, have, like, a category, best black actor. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's basically what it is. It is the same concept. Yeah. You've just decided not to go with a human or a racial thing. Mm-hmm. It It's so bad, man. I can't believe this is real. I would have never believed it. Had you just like, well, it's not real, Joe. Outside. I just made that all Did up you really? right now. No, I'm serious. Dude, it's real. I would have believed that you had made it up. That's fucking stupid, man. Well, now that you're all fired up, Joe. Speaking of fucking stupid. Talk about another. How about this fucking asshole president of ours? Oh, no. <laughs> Now what? Who has to be convinced to fly the flag oh, at right. half mast after a fucking a, a veteran who spent five years in a, as a POW in mm-hmm. Vietnam and then served like thirty two years on the Senate yeah. for Arizona like passes away sure. and he he blocks a fucking a statement that the White House is going to put out instead yeah. Of tweets yeah fuck you and, man like, the, the picture associated with the tweet was like a picture of himself it yeah. wasn't even like a picture of John McCain fuck him. Some hot political talk here Dude, on the I just, editing bay. I just, I just get so fucking pissed off. I've been really angry a lot, and I don't know if it has to do with like this 
the show that I just opened this mm-hmm. past weekend. No, good segue. Um, but like <laughs> you made up for my I'm botched just, segue. No, from I'm just earlier. talking about like, I, and it wasn't really a, <laughs> a deliberate segue. But you know, we went through Hell Week, Tech Week, yeah. and then opening weekend. And this character that I'm playing in this show is a real fucking asshat. Yeah, like he's a real a asshole. Stretch. It, it starts off, and he's kind of like a typical goofy, like bad guy. Uh, but then it gets it gets a little real. Does it gets some horrible serious. things. He does some horrible things, hmm. and and I. I have elected to do, to kind of take it a little bit, uh, just a half a step further. Oh. <laughs> so that way it kind of, it drives the point home. The The way that this show is playing out, have you ever heard of The Foreigner by Larry Hsu? Um, only the past several weeks when you've okay. mentioned it, yes. So it has nothing to do with the Jackie Chan movie, The Foreigner. Not the, no. <laughs> That'd be like, awesome. I played Jackie Chan. Yeah, I told all my friends when I heard you got cast in it. <laughs> guess who's playing the like, role? I'm very good at the calculations. <laughs> Uh, that's so bad. <laughs> it's a very racial episode of the editing it bay here so really far. Is. Um, so, like, this this dude, his name's Owen Musser. Owen! Owen. Uncle Owen! <laughs> and Peru! Uh, oh, I was doing Throw Mama from the Train. Oh, God. And Ramsey Owen. There you go. Mm-hmm. I'm sure about two or three of our listeners would... Uh, I bet you my brother that. got that. So, there, I bet you another two listeners <laughs> get that. Uh, so, no, he's, he's this racist fuck, mm-hmm. right? Um, are we talking about the president still, or are yeah, you talking yeah, about that, your... Uh, okay. Yes. Uh, but also the character that I'm playing uh, is this just complete bigoted asshole. Uh, and I don't know what's going on, man, but like I get, I feel like maybe I'm taking a little bit of it home with me, mm-hmm. and I'm angry, and I've got to like decompress a lot. And uh, I'm, I'm running on a fucking short fuse all the fucking time. Uh, great example today. Your method. Like I'm, I'm watching, I was working from uh, working from home today because Harper's out of school for like one more week. But for the, the whole month, I've been watching her on like Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. And it's great. I love spending time with her. It, it makes it almost impossible to get fucking anything done work-wise because sure. she wants me to read her books and play with this toy with Kids me. Kids are so thing. needy. And, now, and I love it. I wish I could play with her all the time, but I also have to like, you know, be productive or <laughs> we lose that income. That's right. Uh, and so uh, so we're, we're fine when it's me and her. Like I'm okay because I can handle that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what has been going on like the past week or two. Like when Sarah comes home, mm-hmm. like that adds like a whole other dimension and suddenly another dimension, <laughs> another, another dimension, dimension, another dimension, <laughs> another dimension. Uh, <laughs> and, and like I get, I'm like hair trigger, just get pissed, mm-hmm. pissed off. Not for any reason. It's not like she's doing anything. Yeah. It's just that like suddenly I feel really fucking pressured. It's like Ben Affleck from the end of Jersey Girls. Uh, yeah, Jersey just one Girls. Girl. It's just one girl. That's the sequel, actually. <laughs> Jersey Girls. You're doing like an aliens. It's, about, it's thing. about his daughter, and it's about uh, what's her name, Liv Tyler. <laughs> They're Jersey Girls. His Jersey Girls. He has another kid with her, and then the and f- she dies, <laughs> and now he's got two daughters. And then but, the the third but there's one, no George Carlin to help him now. Oh, uh, but he comes back as a Force Ghost. Yes, that would be great. We would computer and animate him. We actually use footage, much like what they're doing for Episode Nine. Uh, pre- so pre- what I told you was true. <laughs> From a certain point of view, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I like I like the idea that uh, Jersey Girls is a trilogy, and the third one is spelled with a Z. It's about Ben Affleck. It's now raised it's him a zombie. To, they're, no, they're strippers. Oh, oh, God. Yeah, like he's running a strip club with the two Jersey Girls, three Zs. I thought, <laughs> <laughs> are those taking the places of X's? <laughs> that's right. Um, no, so I just feel like maybe I'm bringing some of that home with me. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, but it's been it's been a cool experience. I've never played a character like this. I hope so. Uh, and, and never again. And I probably like. won't ever play a character <laughs> like this again. Uh, but guys, the show is open now at the Pocket Sandwich Theater. Uh, the Foreigner, 
Uh, if you're in Dallas and you want to check it out, just go to pocketsandwich.com. That's where you can get your tickets. Uh, this Saturday, you could catch uh, Harry Potter trivia as Ooh. the late night after our show. Nice. So uh, Come I'm, for the I'm, racism. I'm, stay, stay for stay, the trivia. Stay for the muggles. Um <laughs> So uh, I think I'm going to try to convince Sarah to come see the show on Saturday. Oh, that'd be and fun. And maybe little, stick around and do Harry Potter. A palate cleanser afterwards? Yeah, dude. That's be a palate cleanser. Call. That's why I'm doing the show after this, too. Uh, Night of the Living Walking Dead. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. Which is a popcorn tosser. It's a comedy. It opens right after the show closes on, All I right. think, September 29th is when we open up that one. So, yeah, check it out. That's what um, the purpose of this episode today Ooh. was to kind of be to promote the show. It still is. Uh, yeah, I guess it so. It can be. But uh, either way, this is the Editing Bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name's Joe. My name's Joel. And this is where we come to talk about movies. Sometimes they're good movies. Sometimes they're bad movies. Either way, every week we will watch a movie and then come back here and talk about it with each other. And uh, with you, our lovely Editing Bay listeners, we encourage you to talk back to us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash editingbay, or in the search bar, put in the editing bay and find that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes. Click on that, follow us, like us, uh, and let us know what you think about our movie of the week. And if you have suggestions for movies that we could watch in the future that you want to hear uh-huh. us talk about, go ahead and put those there as well. Uh, so yeah, we were supposed to be joined by my director, uh, Dusty Reasons Thomas. I don't know how she hyphenated the name. So <laughs> it's either Dusty Thomas Reasons or Dusty Reasons Thomas. It's a made-up name. Uh, I know, right? It's like an NPR <laughs> Hi, host. I'm Dusty Reasons Thomas, <laughs> and this is Foreign Talk. All things considered. <laughs> Made possible by donations from people like you. Uh, yeah, so she was supposed to join us to talk about Harold and Gumar, Escape from Guantanamo Bay, uh, a movie that shares more than you might expect <laughs> with this play. I can't wait. Um, it, it, it it definitely it is steeped in uh, in racism, trying to point out some of the blatant racism that was going on in our country it was. Uh, back in the day. Yeah, that's right. We've uh, since abolished it. <laughs> yes, it's gone. <laughs> We're all Guys, we solved the problem. Living in harmony. Uh, Ebony and ivory live together in perfect harmony. <laughs> so, uh, Harold and Kumar escape from Guantanamo Bay. Uh, when when did this movie come out? You came out in uh, 2008, rated R, an hour and 44 minutes. George Bush's last year in office. That's yeah, I know. They're really kind of on the way out, still kicking him while he's mm-hmm. down. Uh, Rotten Tomato score but, of, uh, but not really kicking him because they end no. up kind of he's kind of representing him in kind of a positive light. Here. I do like that too. Yeah, that they they make it make it a little more complex. It's not so it's not so it's black, black and white show. Um, <laughs> don't matter if you're black or white. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, what do you think the Rotten Tomatoes scores were for For Harold and Kumar? Kumar, Rotten Tomatoes, they go to 100%, right? No, 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 I'm just saying, they they, they scale the 1 to 100%. That's right. Uh, I would say that this movie probably scored 57. Ooh, 53, very close. Audiences? Audiences, I would say, not too much higher, but maybe 63. Wow, 60, you're right, not much higher. Um, Which is surprising because the first one was kind of a sleeper hit. It was. Um, real cult classic. My that, favorite uh, of the three. Mine as well. Having only seen two now, though. I haven't seen the third oh, one. Oh, you haven't still. seen the no, Christmas still one? I haven't seen the Christmas one. So <laughs> Christmas well, one maybe change my mind. But that first one really kind of jumped out at me. Um, I, I think I caught it on cable, probably like Comedy Central. Uh-huh. And uh, I had heard about it. I would seen the trailers for it, but wasn't interested in it. Really not that uh, into that type of 
comedy yeah. generally. Yeah. Gen- generally. Generally. Why would you say that when we're talking about racism? <laughs> no, no, I don't mean. Like, I don't mean like that. I mean like eh, kind of frat boy. It is. It's frat boyish. Dick yeah. and fart jokes. I figure that you would dig that. There's a lot of pot humor. Yeah, this is like definitely a stoner movie. <laughs> I'm fond, fond of uh, all things that grow organically, fond Joe. Not just recreational. Grass. That's right. <laughs> Cut that part out, Joe. Um, but um, but yeah, when I caught it, I was like, oh, this is actually kind of smart, funny. And yeah. then when Neil Patrick Harris shows up, uh, he kind of steals the show. I think in that yes, first one, I was like, all right, man, this is I'm in, I'm uh-huh. in. I avoided this movie um, and never saw it in the theaters because really? it was it was tagged with from the creators of Dude Where's My Car, yes. which I hated. I could not oh, stand that film. Really, uh, and it wasn't until man, I was some girl that I was dating was a big fan of this movie, and she was like, "You haven't seen it yet. You've got to watch it." In fact, I had taken her to see the the uh, Tenacious D movie. Oh. And she was like, oh, my God, that was so funny. I don't know anything about Tenacious D. And so I kind of shared some of that. She's like, have you ever seen Harold and Kumar? I was like, oh, no, that was made by those dude where's my car guys. I haven't seen She's like, Dude, you need to watch it. It's, it's so good. Uh, and so she brought it over one night. We watched it. And I fucking fell in love. I was. It's one of those situations where I end up kicking myself that I didn't give the movie a chance. Oh, there. yeah. Uh, really dug it. Uh, and then when the second one was announced, mm-hmm. I was writing for Pop Syndicate. And they ended up sending me and one of the other writers to go and review it. Oh, man, it. that's the best. And I, I I, dug the movie. In fact, probably more so than the rest of the preview audience. <laughs> yeah. The other critics it's in like Dallas Fort You and Gary Cogill. Go, and yeah, the... Gary Cogill, who like holds court whenever he goes to one of those fucking screenings. Right. Um, and I always kind of made it a habit of like sitting away from him and his yeah. like cronies. Yeah. Like just cronies. I, well, because he would do shit. I sat by him like this is one a local of the times. Dallas uh, movie critic, by the way, and, Been and around a filmmaker for, now for years. Oh, really? Yeah, he's a filmmaker now too. Mm, how's that but, working out? But, <laughs> have you seen any of his movies? I've seen Roger Ebert's movie. I know how that works out. <laughs> critics try to make films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So what if we try to make a movie? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we both have, and like, the they're results pretty, pretty rough. speak for themselves. <laughs> Those who can't. Talk about it. That's right. Uh, Teach. Yeah. So, um, so no, Gary Cogill. He'll talk through the whole fucking movie, like while really? you're watching it. Yeah. We sat in. Uh, what were we reviewing? We were reviewing a movie called The Stoning of Soraya M, which was this movie about a woman who's like framed by her husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, like she lives in the Middle East, where it's like a stonable offense to cheat on your husband. Right. So she's married to this guy who doesn't want to be married to her anymore. He's cheating on her. And he wants her to go away so he can marry this other woman. Mm-hmm. So he like sets it up that she like makes friends with another man in town and then accuses her of cheating. And like everyone stones her to death. Oh my god. And the whole movie, Gary Cogill's like making these asides, these like little jokes. And I'm like, motherfucker, this is like this is some powerful shit that we're watching right now. And you are you are totally disrespecting the story that's being told. Huh. Uh, and so from that point on, I would like sit as far, like wherever he was, yeah. I was as far away from them as I could That's sit. interesting. Yeah. Uh, and this was one of those movies where I'm sure I was annoying the fuck out of everybody because <laughs> I was, you, you've heard when I get like, oh, when yeah. something really tickles me, I have this like obnoxious <laughs> cackle of a laugh. And this film admittedly does have a few of those moments. Oh uh, yeah. I, I did chuckle out loud several times, even though uh, I don't know that I'm, I'm 100% positive. Really? Uh, coming away from this film. So... 
in the first one, a lot of the charm and a lot of the magic came from the relationship between Harold and Kumar. They're great. They have great chemistry. And this one, it seems like we're retreading ground that they already went through and that, like, we're having problems as friends and right. I can't try. It's like, dude, you already went through this. But whatever that lacked, it's made up for with fucking Rob Corddry. <laughs> Rob Corddry as this in this fucking, film. As this home, uh, homeland, what, what is it? Department of Homeland yeah, or whatever. De- de- yeah. Uh, he, and he's trying to chase them down. He's so fucking funny. Yeah, I like him. And like it's it, it takes a lot of balls to do the shit that he's doing in this movie <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, uh and and to take a lot of freedom. And it, you could see where like this was his forte and we see more of it in like the Hot Tub Time Machine movies. Every movie that he's in uh, and Jen and I were talking about this earlier, he basically makes it like 5 to 10% better. Mm-hmm. Like just by the fact of him being there, you know he's going to do a good job even when he's not playing a flat out comedic role. The way way back the way way back, warm bodies. Yes, where he plays the other. So fucking good. He's in warm really bodies. good in there. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, whatever it seemed to lack for me, Rob Corddry made up for it. And th- I mean, there are some situations that they try to retread. Like in the first movie, you've got um, Freak Show. Freak Show, and he's the tow truck driver, the ev- evangelical tow truck driver, <laughs> who, who's like got shit coming out of his ears yeah. and stuff, and uh, and tells Harold and Kumar like, "Go on inside, fuck my wife," you know, like. <laughs> He just kind of slides that in. They're like, did he just say fuck my wife? Yeah. And they go into this house, and it's like this dumpy-ass place, and then they go in, and it's kind of nice. And there's Malin Ackerman yep. in in what I'm sure is probably her best performance. <laughs> that, this and, that and Watchmen are her best performances. Yeah, where the, the movies where she doesn't have to talk a lot, <laughs> and or just, where she's just playing an airhead. Just taking off her shirt. And Both movies. Naked. She yes, just takes right. off her shirt. Oh, uh, but, poor Malin Ackerman. But uh, they try to do that again in this one mm-hmm. with Missy Pyle... And the dude that was on, like, he was in a bunch of Ford truck commercials and stuff. Yeah, he is that guy. Yeah. Wasn't he on Mad TV, I, I think? I don't know if he was. I don't think he was a Mad TV One of those sketch comedy guy. shows, yeah. But it just, it lacked. You're like, ooh, you're trying to recapture that magic, and you're just not hitting it's it with this sad. one. Mm-hmm. Um, so for every one of those, though, you've got, like... The the moment where they go to like the the um the basketball court where they're driving they, they're <laughs> yes. leaving Raffi's place and they crash into the fucking fire hydrant yeah. and all these like big scary looking black guys grab like wrenches and shit <laughs> I love and that. they start walking up and Harold and Kumar run away and they're like hey man you just gonna leave this here <laughs> we were just gonna help they're gonna, you <laughs> they're gonna turn off the fire they brought over like spare tires yeah, to, like, the one guy tires. rolls out a spare tire <laughs> where they go they're like where they going <laughs> I love that the whole film and that and that's from the first scene to the last scene, that's basically the theme here. There's play, kind of playing on racial stereotypes. Yes. Um, and But doing it in such a clever and funny way, for the most part. Well, but and the thing is, not as clever as the first one. You think so? Yeah, I think, and this is, I mean, I'm jumping to what I think the movie did wrong. All right. But uh, it's, the first one definitely balances the racial humor. It's it's pretty heavy handed. A little here. bit better with yeah. the, well with this one it's heavy and it's it's a little more gross. Like they tried to up the ante in this one and like we're gonna make this one more gross. Everywhere, not just in... Now granted I gave you the extended edition of the movie. Oh did you? Yes. Oh okay. So it felt a little uh rated N R or not a little, rated. A little blow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they're like fisting the bag of pot <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's what I thought too was like how can you get away with that? It's got a little vagina <laughs> Little puppet vagina. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that's added in the uh, the unrated cut. All right, um, but no, Rob Corddry, man, he's is so great. so fucking good. The- and and uh, you've got a, a host of cameos in this movie that 
are pretty solid. Before we move off of Rob Corddry, sure. uh, my favorite scenes of his are uh, when he's interrogating anybody, <laughs> when he's trying to get information out of uh, witnesses. Uh, the, that group of black potentially, guys. Yeah, the, <laughs> he shows up later and... <laughs> He's got the grape soda. He pulls out grape soda like he's threatening the guy to, to pour it all out if he doesn't answer his questions. And there's a whole group of black people around just kind of watching the, the entire exchange. He does the same thing with um, the, the, the his two Jewish friends from the first yeah, movie. Yeah, David Krumholtz and the guy from American Pie. Yeah, I can't remember. The, not the pie fucker, but the, uh, yeah, the tall nerdy one. The pasty one. Oh, the, the mom fucker. He's the <laughs> yes. one who fucks his yes, mom. Yes, that's right. Um <laughs> just pour, like slowly pours out a bag of pennies. And the way they play it, though, <laughs> yes. the way they play it, because in the in it the does scene kind of with hurts. the guys, the scene with the guys with the grape soda, they're yeah. like, "Hey, man, that's racist. What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> yes. But with David Krumholtz and the and the mom fucker, yeah. like they, he throws the pennies, and they're like, "Oh, they do kind of feel, <laughs> can see the pain in their eyes." And then, like as the scene ends, he's like, "What do you think about it? About three seventy five? Yeah, yeah, about seven bucks." <laughs> <laughs> and they. They have become, like, in the first movie, they were just kind of like, you know, they're Jewish, you know, neighbors. In the second one, they almost play it like they're two old they're, Jewish men. They're lovers, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I do like, like that. In the, I do like in the verse where they, they see him and they're like, hey, you guys want to come with us? And they're like, no, we're watching The Gift on Showtime. <laughs> yes. I'm going to see Katie Holmes' boobies. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, they're a lot like that in, in, in this movie, but a little a little blown, blown out of yeah, proportion yeah. a little bit more. Uh, and then finally, there's... Uh, when he's uh, inter- interrogating their parents, Harold and Kumar's parents has him together, yeah. and uh, now we've got a cameo. Speaking of cameos, With Ed Helms. Ed Helms shows up as the uh, the Korean uh, <laughs> the interpreter interpreter who is not got a master's degree in Korean romantic literature. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I love it. It already plays with the stereotype by having the uh, the Korean family, of course, speak perfect English. Yeah, and then adding Helms, Ed Helms in there. <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't understand? <laughs> he's turning to uh, he's turning to Rob Cordry. He's like, they're speaking a dialect that uh, I'm unfamiliar with. And, and the fact that Rob Cordry's like, okay, yeah. ask him this. Like, <laughs> like they've they've established that in that room, in that world, Rob Cordry also does not understand what yes. they're saying. So blinded by his uh, preconceived notions that they don't speak English. That he can't hear them speaking English. Dude, he's got so many great bits, though, and he's he's balanced wonderfully, and I can't remember the name of this actor. I've seen him in a bunch of stuff, but I can't tell you what his actual name is. But he plays Dr. Beecher, and Dr. Yes. Beecher's always like, um, why don't we just take Says it easy? Like, the he, obvious He's thing. the voice of reason. Right. And Rob Corddry's always like dialed up to fucking 11, <laughs> and he grabs this picture. He's like, you see this little white girl? Yes. Do you want her to get raped? <laughs> Because this is America. <laughs> You're raping You're America. Raping America. Then let me do my job. God damn. Yeah, he gets up in his face. He's like, so why don't you back off? And let me do my job. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and then throws the fucking frame. Fucking shit. And then turns over and like, she's adorable. And like walks off. Like, dude. It's chewing scenery. I, 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 couldn't, I, I couldn't imagine someone who has been. Have you ever been ice fishing? <laughs> well, it's Fucking exhilarating. <laughs> uh, yes, shit. he is definitely one of the highlights um, and helps to counter some of the lowlights of this film, which uh, I, I mentioned earlier, kind of the juvenile humor. A lot of blowjob humor in this one. Yeah. Or I'm using Cock finger quotes sandwich. when I'm saying uh, But yes, there's a lot of, lot of 
innuendo, um, and or, or or flat out just hearing the sounds or, or threatened. <laughs> that, I don't know, man. Or, but I can't help but laugh at that scene where they're yeah? like those two guys, and they're like, "Whoa, no, you two are actually terrorists. Fuck you." They're like, "Fuck you." Where do you get the cock meat sandwich? And here it comes. <laughs> and then their cell opens, and the guy's like, "You ready for your cock meat sandwich?" They're like, "No," and they're like, "But." We're, we're, no, they're going to get Big Bob. Yes. Oh, they're going to get Big Bob? Big Bob. Oh, never mind. Hey, guys, have fun. And they, like, <laughs> just go down. And yeah, you, you hear like the sounds Ugh. of slurping and moaning. And, and Harold and Kumar's oh. reaction shot, which yeah. uh, just kind of sells it. Uh, and then Big Bob shows up. Yes, very squirm-worthy. Which, uh, in its own way, like you said, you know, it's making a statement. As gross as yeah. it is. What's that it's statement, making a statement, But it's that whole, like, you know, that the, the hypocrisy. Of the, the like the the deliverance community, right? The whole like I'm gonna fuck you in the ass, but fuck you, I'm not gay, right? Like, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, I'm so not the, gay. You the one sucking my dick. The conversation they have about that, yeah. In fact, just looking at you makes me disgust me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now get to sucking. Yeah. Um, dude, there. It, it's it's funny looking back on this now and kind of just thinking about the movie and where it goes. It covers a lot of, as a road movie. It is very it, epic. But it does cover a lot of fucking ground. It is one of those films where you could you could pop into it. I would dare you to just turn on any scene and tell me, all right, where where in the film are we? Are yeah. we near the beginning? Are we near the end? Because it's a little like, tough to tell. Five minutes into this movie, we're already like on a plane yeah. going to Amsterdam. <laughs> which, which is... Which is pretty funny. Uh, you've got that whole bit where the old white lady is looking at Kumar the entire time. And mm-hmm, yes. She just imagines him as like a fucking a, a terrorist. Right. Uh, and, and so that's how they get arrested. They, they try to light up and smoke some weed in the bathroom in the plane. Mm-hmm. And so like this, this movie starts off moments after the first movie ends. Yeah. Uh, He's flashing back to... Uh, to finally talking to Maria. And uh, who's just, I can't remember the name of the woman who plays it. She's adorable. Paula something. Garces. There you go, yes. Um, She is adorable, but um, I remembered why she wasn't in a lot of the first movie. (laughs) And and even in this movie, I was like, why isn't she, I mean, she's kind of like the MacGuffin. Where is she? We don't see her till the end. And then in the end, we're like, oh, Oh, yeah. She's not very good. She's no. uh, Sounds like a plan to me. She's no Vanessa. (laughs) She's, no, the girl who plays Vanessa in this movie is so good. fantastic. Yes. I, I didn't know her from... Uh, did you know her from anything no, before this? No, I'd never seen her in anything before. And She's uh, so good in this and movie. And apparently shows up in the third one as well, right? Yeah, yep. But just, uh, yeah, really uh, uh, alive and yes. vivacious. Uh-huh. And, uh, and you, easy don't, on the you don't see her much. Mm-mm. She's paired up with this guy who plays the character Colton. Colton. Who's... Uh, just the whitest, douchiest. They're getting ready to get... They are preparing to get married, mm-hmm. and he's kind of got this... Uh, this budding political career on the rise, and uh, and he he's got this animosity. Uh, Kumar has some animosity towards him, mm-hmm. a little rivalry, obviously, because right. they both love love the same triangle. Um, and and it's definitely a thing that was thrown in this whole love story for Kumar. It's like, okay, we did it for Harold. Yep, he didn't now have anything in the hook, first movie. We got to hook Kumar up with mm-hmm. somebody, um, and it is it's shoehorned in, but it's shoehorned in in a really a nice way in as much as it gives us that that flashback of Kumar yeah. as a student. Yes. You know, as a bookworm uh-huh. and how he becomes the story. It's like his origin story. Which makes his his present uh, antics a little more palatable. Yeah. Because he's just basically a fuck up. Uh-huh. Like he's he's the one who gets everybody in trouble. He's the one who gets him thrown in Guantanamo Bay. Right. And uh, yeah. It, well, and you get that in the first movie where he's 
he's smart and that's what it is. He's just not challenged. He doesn't want to, yeah. So he just doesn't, he doesn't care. He doesn't live by their he rules. He sleepwalk through it. Mm-hmm. But I do love that we get like emo Herald at the end of that scene. <laughs> he just like <laughs> quietly walks away as they're making out in the library. Uh, shit. But yeah, the scenes that they share together, uh, he and Vanessa, are really sweet. They have really good chemistry together. Yeah. And even though it is totally... Even the scenes they're not in together, she's still good in. The, oh yeah, the she's scene great. between her and Colton, it's great. But, but this film kind of suffers from the, the... Is it The Wedding Singer? Is that the one I'm thinking of? No, The Wedding Crashers. Where, Crab cakes and football. Where it, 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 it makes... So the heroine is shacked up and about to marry this like total douchebag played right. by Bradley Cooper in that movie. Yeah. Um, where you kind of lose a little respect for her. They're yeah. Like, why are you, don't you know? Why are you marrying this guy? And now, you're, but your true love is this guy. But you're just going to throw it all away because why? Films haven't gotten progressive at that point. No. In 2008, we still weren't progressive enough. It's still basically like Animal House. Yeah. This film. Um. And so it's it's a, a bunch of vignettes, and the whole time they're being chased by. Rob Corddry, and and the thing about this movie is you've seen this formula a billion times. Sure, you've seen this formula in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. You saw this formula in uh, Beavis and Butthead Hit the Road. Yeah. Uh, in fact, this film, if you were to watch this film and then watch Beavis and Butthead, oh, Beavis and Butthead Do America. That's, that's what, what it was called. called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch Beavis and Butthead Do America. It's, I mean, it, no weed, no sex. It's the same movie though. Yeah. Like they're on a plane. They crash the plane or make the plane have to land early. Then they like they they get arrested yeah. and then they bust out and they're making their way across and country. Ensue. That's right. That's it's the same. You fucking could do movie. Uh, the Pink Floyd's The Wall and uh, or no Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, and uh, Wizard of Oz. Take the soundtrack. Start them at the of same time. Beavis and Butthead. That's right. And lay it over. The lion uh, roars Kumar. the third time. That's when you hit play. <laughs> For those of you who don't know. Or you could just probably find it now online already. Somebody's probably up. already married that, hasn't yeah. it? Have you ever done that before? I have it on Blu-ray. You ever watched What, you have a Wizard of Oz on Blu-ray? No, I have Dark Side of Oz on Blu-ray. Oh, no I way. I have a version of oh. it where it's been already well, synced go. up. So then you have done have that it. before. Yeah. I've so it's it bullshit, before. right? I've done that, and I've watched like the Laser Light Show version yeah, of it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's not bullshit. It's kind it's of bullshit. coincidence. There's some stuff that's a yes. coincidence. You know, there are other... Albums that you could put to movies that are a better fit. Uh, I once watched The Last Starfighter yeah. to uh, David Bowie's um, uh, uh, Ziggy Stardust. Oh, really? Oh, and interesting. It, and it fits way better. Oh, I haven't heard that one. Oh, yeah. I'll have to look into that. It's so good. Because like, as he's going off into space, you hear Bowie singing Starman. There's <laughs> a Starman waiting in the wings. That's it's like, cool. oh, this is really neat, man. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, so try that one. Next week on the editing bay. <laughs> no, that's a lie. Did you see The Last Starfighter? The Last Starfighter. Yeah, okay. And David Bowie. Um, so Harold and Kumar. The, I, I enjoy this movie. It, it has its ups. It has its downs. Um, but I think that it's a fun addition, especially when you look at it as a three-movie story, like where they went. Obviously, that's not where it was originally intended to go. <laughs> but now that we have three chapters... It's nice. It's nice to have the second one that leads up to the Christmas movie that they did. The Christmas one, I think I like a little bit better than the second one. Oh, so we watched the worst one of the three. Then. Well, I oh, mean, thanks. as far as worst goes, it's like <laughs> it's like we watched the worst of Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah, there you like, go. they're all good. Two Towers. It's just that there's, you know, one that kind of... Actually, I think probably Return of the King is the weakest for me. <sighs> That's a tough one, man. It's because of that ending. I like, I like the Two Towers a lot. I mm-hmm. like what's being done in Two Towers, but... To me, I prefer Return of the King. I think there are more points in Return of the King that hit an emotional chord. Yeah. 
where like dude there are two or which three the times which one where they light the torches no, that's, see, that's part two they light the torches in the third one oh, like in the, Return of the King it is Return of the King yeah, from mountaintop to mountaintop yeah because they're they're at uh, um, Minas Tirith yeah okay there you when go when they do that yeah you're right is that Minas Tirith fuck man I'm sure. gonna have to check that not Helm's Deep see if my that much I know no not um not the the, the planet at the end of The Last Jedi <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Ryan Johnson watched himself some fucking two towers before he made that movie. Inspired by a previous. (laughs) So what's going to happen is (laughs) Leia is going to be in Helm's Deep, and Luke's going to show up with some fuzzy dice that are going to disappear long after he dies and becomes one with the Force. They're still going to stick around. Oh, you're talking about my favorite uh, Star Wars movie? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Can we do that again on the podcast? Yeah, we can if you want. What are you watching? Uh, Just traffic going by. (laughs) Just a screensaver. Am, I, my, am I boring Just you? like every week, Joe. No, it's just something to focus on. Does it distract you? Should Joel, I turn it off? Joel, this part out, Jeff. let me ask you this. Uh, ask me. What did you think about the Chris Maloney part in this movie? Uh, well, first of all, he's nigh unrecognizable. Yeah. Uh, so unless you know it's him. His first he, line. <laughs> his so, first, uh, did it make you laugh? This brings <laughs> in in the shocking way that it was intended to. Yes, yeah. sure. Yes. Uh, to to come on the heels of a dog dressed in KKK gear. <laughs> I do love that shot. Yeah, so which is probably the one of the main reasons we're watching this film this week, right? Yes, because it ties in. You've to done the, play. the KKK you meeting. Have to do it in this, this movie's thing. KKK yeah. meeting. Uh, so he shows up. Uh, <laughs> what do they call him? The Grand Dragon. He's like the Grand Dragon. Yeah, Grand exactly. Wizard. He's got the red uh, red cloak on. <laughs> He's got Tourette's. <laughs> He's got something going on. So this is uh, we're introduced to this meeting. They stumble upon it. Harold and Kumar do, uh, and uh, it's com- pretty wild and almost terrifying in a way. When it's they very come, scary when they come across it yeah. and they see the cross burning. Burning, yeah. And uh, what does Harold say? Harold's like, "Is that a fucking KKK rally?" <laughs> and and Kumar's like, "Yeah, I think so." Hey, we should get out of we, here. We should get the fuck out. Of here. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's yeah. when a couple. I think all of the, the like the four other KKK guys that actually get lines yeah. are all stand up comedians. Of course, everybody yeah. in this film who has a bit part, um, maybe except for Beverly D'Angelo, which Dude, is who's like half a second from passing out. <laughs> oh, my God. oh. She, she's about to pass out. Like yeah. she's just hitting that cocaine crash. <laughs> oh. Yeah, probably not going on the top of her IMDb list. No, this no. film. Um, but yeah, or it might be because it's the last maybe. movie she did. That's true. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't know. Wait, is she dead? No. Okay. I just don't think anyone's rushing to hire her on yeah, for maybe, anything. Right maybe, now. maybe. No more Harold and Kumar movies in production. Huh? <laughs> Was she invited back for the third? One? I don't think so. All right, but... <laughs> to play the to play <laughs> Sweet <laughs> Sally or well, whatever. they would find another role for her, like they yeah, did. They um, Bobby Lee. There you go. There you go. No, yeah, he comes back. I think back. he plays the same character. Is it the same character? Yeah, I okay. think Bobby Lee plays Neil Patrick. Oh no, wait. <laughs> so but yeah, funny. a couple of clansmen walk up behind him, so they they quickly hide, get a, under a log, um, and as the uh, one clansman starts to urinate, <laughs> which is a nice uh, little play too, because you know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, you see it coming. Yep. And but there's the payoff. When it comes to feeling good, <laughs> I put is... pissing up there with shitting and coming. coming. I like to do all three. <laughs> So he's urinating, and uh, of course it starts to get on uh, Harold. And at what point Kumar is like, Shh, "Don't, don't, don't you make a noise? Don't yeah. you give yourself away?" But then when the tables are turned, <laughs> he immediately he's pops up. You motherfucker! You racist fuck! That's what and it you is. hear that scream. Yeah, and then we cut to the dog, the dog and the clans out, and then we cut to Chris Maloney. I, now I don't want to repeat the line. Are you trying not to gonna, goad me? I was here, trying to Joe? see if I could get you to say it. I, there's, I, you're not going to Sasha Baron Cohen me. <laughs> I'm just. 
I'm just not as clever as Sasha Baron Cohen. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we, we get a whole campfire moment where uh, Chris like, Maloney's like, nah, share with me <laughs> what y'all have done to a minority this week. <laughs> it's like, just, just the thought that like this is how the meetings work. Right, yeah. They what sit did you do fire, like, to oppress minorities? What did minorities? you do this week to oppress a minority? It's like an AA meeting. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's like a, letters. It's like Tolerance Anonymous. <laughs> to break you of this tolerance. It's TA. Um, so yeah, then they start... They start trying to fit in, and they're talking about, like, I kicked this Indian dude in the balls. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then they, they get unmasked, and that's when, like, this all, like, finally culminates into the most perfect line. These The two guys they knocked out show up. Mm-hmm. They take the masks off them, and they're like, look what we got here. Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> and then they uh, they make a break for it, and that's when we, uh, we, we catch back up with Neil Patrick Harris. Oh my gosh! Who again steals the show? Yeah, uh, he, he does a great job. Not man. as fun as the first one because you know what's coming. You know the, the the comedy from the first time we see him is that the last time we saw him probably was Doogie Howser, yeah. maybe Starship Troopers, uh-huh. but uh, I had not known him as a as a comedic actor. Mm-hmm. And then to see him show up and play himself <laughs> as like a washed up, like coked out asshole, basically, yeah. <laughs> um, so you kind of know what the and the lines that they're giving you though. I think the movie he did before Harold and Kumar was uh, Undercover Brother. Oh, was and he, he in that? He still played like you know this like crackery kind of white guy, but the fact that like they they set him up with lines where and he fucking just delivers the shit out of him where he's like, "Look, I want there to be no mistake. There's nothing more I love than pussy." That's like, right. Yeah. <laughs> and to know Neil Patrick Harris, you're like, okay, that's fucking hilarious. You know what the PH stands for? <laughs> Patrick Harris? No, nope. Poon Handler. <laughs> Uh, he's so over the top uh-huh. and so obnoxious. You know, they they go into the whorehouse and it's for pussy. I'm home, <laughs> and and like is branding women. Yes, <laughs> branding. He branded me. She's got uh, NPH on her ass. I'm gonna rock out with my cock out. <laughs> You're gonna jam out with your clam. Out. You almost feel bad for him when he gets a <laughs> shotgun you, shell to the you, back. Do you though? That was quite shocking. Yeah. Like just seeing the, the blood explode from his mouth. But you watch the, the scene at the Stick end of the credits. Stick around for the end of the credits. Yeah. You find out maybe he's not uh, <laughs> gone after Patrick all. Harris is immortal. <laughs> that whole bit with the fucking unicorn where he's stuck on the yes. side of the road. He's uh, tripping on shrooms. <laughs> Rob Corddry shows up. He's like, Mr. Patrick Harris. <laughs> I just can't tell you what a fan I am of your work. Uh, this is an honor. Of course it is. <laughs> yes. Uh, but this fucking unicorn comes just running up, and, and you hear like this like high pitched voice go, "Hey, hey, Neil!" <laughs> as the horse rides up. Uh, and so he's having these fucking fever dreams, trying to get out of this conversation. He's talking to himself on the unicorn. It's funny stuff. Uh, I don't. I don't want to just spend like the next twenty minutes recounting like, and then this happened, but and it was that's funny. What the movie has going for it? Yeah, it's a vignette of. Uh, it's. It's like they say about the Texas weather, Joe. You don't like it? Wait five Just minutes. Wait five minutes. There'll be It'll something change. else coming around. So, and, all- I, and there are parts of this film that I did not like. But, yeah. Uh, if five minutes later, we've got a parachute scene. Let's get into that. No, yeah, right. Well, what did you not like? What? What? what well, was you mentioned rubbing you the wrong way. You mentioned before the. Oh gosh. Well, I'll put it this way: this film kind of plays out. A perfect an- analogy is the very first scene of the film, mm-hmm. where we've got uh, John Ch- uh, John Chow. I'm calling my example. Got Harold, yeah. Harold in the shower, and he's thinking about uh, the woman I he loves. See skies we've blue. got uh, Louis Armstrong singing in the background, and then it's just interrupted by the sound of somebody shitting. Yeah, and that's exactly what it is. It's Kumar. He's coming there, and he's he's actually very uh, pleased with himself, very excited 
about the uh, the awesome shit that he's he's having right now. <laughs> That's kind of a little microcosm for this film. Yeah. Just when you're enjoying something, just when you're getting into it, somebody's going to come and shit. And it's like, well, well I was having a good time. and shit? <laughs> all three. I like to uh-huh. do all three. Um, I, I get you, though. Yeah? I, I get you. Well, be, because... I know it's And I don't know if it was because it was part of the, the extended cut, but there's the, the dream sequence where we revisit the dream sequence that Kumar had in the first movie. Yeah. Where it was like... He's having sex with a bag of weed. the heart's crazy on you. Where he's like falling <laughs> yes. in love with that big bag of weed. Uh, and they it comes back where he has this like daydream of him and Vanessa. Yeah. And then, like, he brings in the bag of weed to be a third. Yeah. And he's like, is that good? And she's, like, totally cool. And he's like, yeah. And they have this, like, three-way thing. Yeah, it's funny. And it's like, it, 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 you didn't need to go there. Like, they're, they're, it's funny, but it wasn't the funniest part of the first movie. It maybe overstated its welcome. To, didn't need a callback. Or if you're going to do that, you don't need a callback to another redneck couple that, you know. Right. Now, look, what we're doing is we're turning an audit's ear, you know, that we've come up, we have these preconception, preconceived notions of how the rednecks are going to be. Yep. And they end up being a lot more civilized than they thought than That's we right. thought. But we're still going to give them a Cyclops son. Like yes. that uh, that Cyclops son thing didn't really need it. That's a good you know, point. It was, it was enjoyable as it was without it. So, no, I, I get what you're saying. I'm trying to think if there was any moment of Rob Corddry that I would have taken out of this movie, and I probably wouldn't have. You know, the the direction it maybe isn't the strongest in these films, and there's a couple of times. Comedy is all about kind of timing and pacing, yeah. right? Yep. And there are a couple of times where the the blocking gets in the way of the comedy. Yeah. Like they're trying to do camera moves, and they're kind of trying to get characters from one set to the other, and it's a little clunky. Whereas I'm sure the table read for this was fantastic because yeah. just do your part and do whatever. Too many times he's interrupted by some sort of action that he's given. All right, now walk over here. A uh-huh. uh, little clunky, and I, I think maybe the film is 10 to 15% less funny because, because of, of some of the yeah. direction. Mm-hmm. No, I feel that. Um, there are, and, and I talked about it a little bit just a few minutes ago, mm. there are other movies that did this better, that did the road movie better. Um, you know, where we've got two people on the road, and they're just constantly being met with, you know, adversity and adversity and just trials and tribulations, just trying to get to their destination. While I like this movie, it's probably my least favorite of the road movie genre. Oh. Uh, my favorite being uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh, yeah. Hard to top that one, man. It, it is hard it's to top that everything. one. It's got everything. Well, it's got everything, and it's so smoothly put together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, like, everything that happens, I, I'm trying to think, and it's hard because I haven't seen the movie probably in about a month, but I'm trying to think of where that movie gets bloated, and it doesn't. Like, everything that's in that movie is deliberate, and it works, and it pushes forward what's going on yeah. between these two men. It drives them apart while at the same time brings them together, mm-hmm. and that's a hard thing to do. It is a masterfully done film and a master class uh, in trying to put together a road movie. Agreed. Um Blues Brothers would be right underneath. I that. was just gonna say that's probably mine, but I yeah. don't know that I put that in the road movie category, even though it is. It's it's. A, I mean, it is a road movie. For me, it's more a musical, and I judge it on those terms. Oh, but, that's uh, either way. There you go. Uh, all right. So, do you have any? Ooh, let's see. You got any other notes on this? Pull up the old whatever note here. Well, uh, we teased it earlier, but we haven't really delved into the uh, the cameo by. Uh, uh, <laughs> One one of the more famous people, yeah, uh, an ex president, George W. Bush, <laughs> well, shows up in this film. That's yes. him, right? That's the actual 
it's, Dub, it's a J-Dub. really it's a really bad makeup job. Like you, there are so many other like Bush impersonators you yeah. could have got. Well, why the, not try to get Will Ferrell in your movie? But, well, that would have been a little too distracting. But do you remember that Comedy Central TV show? That's my Bush. That's my Bush. That guy was fantastic. Yep. He he looked the part, and uh, he did the impersonation. This well. distracted me because he didn't really look like George Bush. He looked like a Dick Tracy villain. Yeah. Like the makeup was so heavy. But he sounded like him. Oh, he yeah. He did a good job at sounding And the mannerisms, like too. I like that they didn't vilify him. We and we talked about that before. They, yeah. they didn't vilify George Bush. Uh, I, I like that at the end... He saw eye to eye with Harold and Kumar. <laughs> yeah. He was like, you guys are all right, man. Well, just like everybody else in the film, they all bond over weed. And why not? Whether it's the rednecks or the president <laughs> of the United States. Just sit down. Smoke my weed. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that was that was a fun cameo. And I think that it was, uh, it, it was nice as he was on his way out. Uh, we knew that the country was, uh, was going to have... When did this movie come out? Did we already 2008. know? 2008. Okay. Two, no, I mean, what month? Do we know what month it came out? Brr, well, if it... Unless it was January, um, which it may very well have been. Yeah, Obama was already prez. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm wondering. IMDb does not tell me the month. Well, Obama was president in 2009. Oh, right? Wikipedia. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. From that 2008 was, that was to 16. Yeah. Math. Hold on. Let me find <laughs> Wikipedia here. I wonder if after the first movie, they just couldn't get like some kind of a, a, a restaurant to sponsor their film and be like, we don't want our our our. <laughs> right. We don't want it, the title in this. You think white, d- d- was White Castle not happy to be associated? I don't know, dude. With... I'll tell you what. Nothing makes me want to have White yes, Castle more than for... the end of that fucking movie. As if the munchies weren't enough to get you into a White Castle drive-through. Yeah, watching this movie at uh, on cable at two a.m. Yeah, dude. The, and the third, the first one, a better, a better stoner comedy than this one. Yeah, you think be- so? Oh yeah, because it plays more off of like the, this like fun stoner shit where they're like halfway down the hallway from their apartment and one of them goes, "Dude, I forgot my phone." We want to go back and get it, and they fucking actually have a moment where like they both look they back, turn around, look down the hallway, they see the door. It's so long, and then we come back to them and they're like we've already come too far. We've gone too far. <laughs> April twenty fifth, two thousand eight. Oh, wow. release date. So uh, we there had we Obama in the, in the office for about four months. There we go. Um, all right. So, uh, what did Harold and Kumar escape Guantanamo Bay? Do right. So my final notes. Of oh, this I'm sorry. no, 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 I'm no, so no, sorry. no, no. This is perfect because my final note. Is what I think did, this did right. Okay, uh, and it's that relationship between uh, Kumar and uh, Vanessa. Mm-hmm. We talked about that actress; she's great. Um, and the scenes they have together, uh, they really have chemistry. And I love at the end. I even love the poem yeah. that he has written. It's really well and done. It comes back because the first time we see him, they're meeting in the library, and he talks about he had to write this poem, and she wants to read it. And, and it's the most embarrassing her. thing. Yeah, it's so embarrassing. And then uh, at the end, that's how he woos her over. He it's- recites. That same poem. It's well done, and it's placed in such a way that you don't see it coming back around. Yeah, no, like, yeah, I did not expect. And that's it. that's that's good writing. Uh, and not only that, not only the idea that they had for it, but like <laughs> the poem itself is actually kind of cute. It is. And I, I googled to see if it was like from something else that they had ripped off and and re- no, no, that's, that's theirs. It was a friend of theirs who had written it like in high school, and they uh-huh. held on to it and worked it into this <laughs> film. Um, all right. So what I thought this movie did right was Rob Cordry. Like, yes. hands down, a million percent, Rob Corddry. When we are yet again seeing something like revisiting old territory, which in this movie, you know, I love this movie, so I don't mind it, but this movie is retreading territory. Almost 90% of the film is shit we saw them do in the first movie. Mm. Uh, so to be able to see Rob Corddry just ratchet it up a few notches <laughs> yes. and do something, bring something new to this universe, uh-huh. it's so fucking great. Dude, 
they fucking they jump out of a plane with this parachute right. and to try to fucking you know escape or whatever. And then you hear like gunshots, it and it's just fucking Rob Corddry who's jumped after them without a fucking parachute. He's just flying That's at how them. Determined he is. And the way they them. get a, the way they get away, they just pop the chute. Yeah, and he, <laughs> he just, just continues to fall. Uh, it, in a way that it was almost like Wiley Coyote, and I was hoping he would have come back before the end of. The I film. thought he was going to. I kept waiting. Um, Does he show up in the sequel? No. All right. Well, no. Uh, what did Harold and Kumar? Do wrong. So the juvenile humor for me is is uh, not always a deal breaker, but I think they always take it a little step too far. And there are scenes in this film that I just couldn't watch. Like Jen and I were both doing that thing where you're putting your hand in front of your face like, no. Like yeah. I, I started skipping some of this stuff. Uh, so thanks for giving the unrated version, by the yeah, way. You're so welcome. I appreciate that. When you see Rafi's dick <laughs> with all oh the Oh, my God. When they go to the... Uh, the, the bottomless the party. The bottomless party instead of topless. Everyone's wearing bras uh, and shirts, <laughs> but uh, nobody's got panties. or uh, Yeah. And so that's what they made up with their, their rich friend who gives him the car. But before he does, they've got to get in the, the mood, the spirit of the party. <laughs> Drop trow. My dick. <laughs> I tell you how they show it. It just looks like a mop. I like when like he yells at the one mop. girl. He's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Put, Put your, your top, top back on. on. <laughs> Um, so I, I mentioned it earlier, mm-hmm. uh, that the first movie, uh, was a little bit more, if you would believe it, more elegant at balancing believe- like the gross humor and, and the, the, the racism and like kind of turning the mirror on, on itself. And mm-hmm. like, this is, this is how race like it ends at the very end of the movie. It's a police description. They're trying to get a description of the criminals That's that have right. gotten away. And it's the most stereotypical image of an Asian, <laughs> like it's an old Asian, like coolie. Who's like worked on the railroad and shit, yes. and like this, uh, the, the the Indian man is like you know Hindu thing, right? It, like it, it's it's blatant, but it does it very well. Whereas in this movie, it it does seem a little like sloppy, a little rushed. We went for the lowest common denominator this time because I wonder if they felt like they were obligated because of uh, the way the first movie was constructed. They're like, well, we have to do the same thing. We've already kind of committed to this, uh, you know, like you said, shining a mirror on mm-hmm. its own self. That we have to double down on it. Yeah. Um, where no, they didn't have to. They did no. And if you watch the third one, they kind of reel that shit back oh, in. Do they? Good. And that's why I feel like it works a little bit better. Good. Good. Um, well, all right. Stay tuned for an episode. So I, I would still, even though I feel like there are movies that have done this formula better, mm-hmm. and uh, I feel like there are better movies in this series, I still enjoy this film and would recommend that people watch it. Cool. Um, so if we were going to remake oh, yeah. Harold and Kumar Escape Guantanamo Bay today, how would we do that? I'll tell you how I'd do it. I'd recast uh, seven of the characters from this film. How many do you have? Uh, woo, one, two, three, woo four, is not five, a number. Six, seven, eight, nine. Not, ooh, all right. Well, yeah. uh, we want to ping pong, or you have a theme going on? I've got there? a theme. Oh, you and your themes. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, well, no worries. Well, let me start on the bottom. Should I just go through mine then? If, if you want. I mean, I could just go through mine too at the same time, but all right, go on. And then I'll, I'll see yeah. if I can try to. It, no, there isn't. It isn't like a, a, a genre theme. It was just I, I did something different with it. All right, so go ahead. All right. Uh, well, you've got more than I do, so you better start. I got. I recast George Bush. Oh, I did not do him. Okay, so obviously now it would be Barack Obama. Uh, yeah. Played by Tracy Morgan. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, that's. I cool. almost went with like that's Key and Peele, one of the Key and Peele guys. Yeah. But I thought, no, I'm gonna go with Tracy Morgan. <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right, so did you recast Neil Patrick Harris? I sure did. Um, hold on, let me see if there's anybody else underneath. Who do you have at the bottom of your list? After that, it's Colton. 
Okay, I've got Colton. All right, and then Vanessa, Dr. Bruce. All right, let's just go your order. All right. Let's go your order. Well, Neil Bedrick Harris was on the next one. Oh, was he? Yep. So we need a celebrity. need somebody who can uh, kind of laugh at themselves and uh, paint themselves as an asshole. But we know uh, it's probably pretty cool in uh-huh. real life. Yeah. And for my money, how about JT? Justin Timberlake. That's pretty good. In that role, That's right? That's really good. You see him getting shot in the back of the head. All right, so for Branding mine. Branding Um Neil Patrick Harris, obviously we had one idea of who Neil Patrick Harris was, mm-hmm. and this movie plays it the exact opposite, mm-hmm. and it was shocking to see when we first saw that in the first movie. Right. So my Neil Patrick Harris will be played by a cock-hungry Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Just hitting on guys. Just hitting on guys. Just fucking, just needing, needing (laughs) to just get with dudes, man. That's funny. I love it. Uh huh. All right. So who do you have next? I've got Colton, who's the asshole, um, the fiance, Vanessa's fiance, yes, the groom. Uh huh. Uh, How about Army Hammer? Army Hammer's great. This dude kind of reminded me of Army Hammer. Me too. Hence the recast. Uh, How about Anne Hathaway? (laughs) Oh, I see what you're doing. I've gender bent this movie. Switching genders. Yes, I did. Interesting. Because I respect women. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Me thinks that doth protest too much. Too much. Um, I like that. Oh, and Anne Hathaway can kind of be a bitch. Yes, so I like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she could play one for my Vanessa. Well, yeah, I don't know. I think about her personal life. Vanessa, uh, how about Rachel McAdams for me? That's good, man. Mm-hmm. I love. Speaking her of so wedding much. crashers, um, my Vanessa played by Michael Fassbender. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Oh, I like him. Yeah. Doctor Beecher, did you recast Maria? Maria, no. Oh, I did. She has like two lines. I in did. This thing. I All recast right. her with Oscar Isaac. Oscar, this <laughs> is okay. All right. Yeah, I like that. Um, I'll go uh, Jessica Alba. That's good. All right. <laughs> I would just mail that one in. So, Doctor Beecher. <laughs> Doctor Beecher. He's the uh, good cop to Rob Corddry's bad cop. Uh-huh. I want one Rain Wilson. Oh, that's good, man. Mm-hmm. Dwight from the <laughs> Office. <laughs> I would almost, I would almost see him as Agent Fox as well. He could, he could have he played. Been good. That's how versatile he is. Yeah, uh, my Doctor Beecher played by Jessica Biel. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Nerdy but like attractive. That. Yeah, you could see her doing some action mm-hmm. stuff. I'm wearing glasses. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Well, right. then uh, who's your Rob Corddry? My Rob Corddry, Agent Fox, played by Melissa McCarthy. Yes. Oh my God. Of course. Yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, by the way, that um, uh, was it. Tomorrowland murder. Oh, Happy Land murders? Happy Land murders. Not getting good reviews. Have you, oh, did you see it at all? I have not seen no. it. I was going to wait for uh, word of mouth, and word of mouth is no. that it's bad. Yes, that wow. word is no. That sucks. Uh, my Rob Corddry, uh, you need somebody who's a little old, a little grizzled, uh, who can command presence. Maybe do comedy. He's done some comedies in the past. Uh, Gary Busey, but he also has to be able to. Ooh, good one, good recast. <laughs> uh, yeah, Gary Busey is my recast. I'm changing it. <laughs> No, uh, but he also has to play a little bit of a racist. Get Mo. And, uh, Get Mo. <laughs> Spell it out. <laughs> G is for grand. G is for grand. I, I international. Is for international T is for teabagging. Uh, M is M. for men. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, Only. O is for uh, omni haters. Nicely <laughs> <laughs> done. Thanks. But no, I went instead with uh, Mel Gibson. Actual nice. racist. Nice. How about that? All right, cool. So that brings us to our Harold and Kumar. Harold and Kumar. Uh, I'm going to just go. I'll go with both of mine. Just right do now. it. Just blow it. Uh, my Harold, mm-hmm. played by Jamie Chung. And oh. my Kumar, played by Mindy Kaling. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Has Jamie Chung done uh, comedy before? Um, I don't, Unless you call Sucker Punch comedy. <laughs> Oh, kind of. <laughs> it's, it's funny. That's great. In all the wrong ways. I like what you've done there. Yeah, and obviously directed by Paul Feig. Yeah, well, yes. Got Melissa McCarthy. He has to. Yeah. Uh, my Harold and Kumar for Kumar went with Aziz Ansari. That's and good. Uh, That's for good. Harold, I've got the actor's uh, name is 
uh, Steven Yeun. And, uh-huh. uh, he's Glenn. Yeah, he's from uh, the, the Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. There you go. Uh, guys, if you, do you have a director? No, I sure don't. If you have any thoughts about Harold and Kumar Escape Guantanamo Bay or the Harold and Kumar movies in general, uh, go ahead and let us know about it on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash editing bay or in the search bar, put in the editing bay, find that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes and click on that. That's where you can talk back to us. And if you have suggestions for movies that you'd like for us to talk about in the future, uh, go ahead and uh, put those there as well. We've also got a website, right, Joel? Sure do. It is not the editing bay. It's not edit bay. It's editingbay.com. Please go there in your web browser. Uh, you can bookmark it anytime you need to know anything about the editing bay. Where uh, what's a link to our? Uh, how do you download to the podcast? How do you subscribe to the podcast? Well, you can find that link there. What's our Facebook page? You can find that link there as well. What's our Twitter handle? Joe is uh, singing the uh, Jurassic Park theme as my screensaver flies through uh, the jungles. Of Isla Sorna, wherever that is. Yeah, I own an island off the coast of Costa Rica. <laughs> He's like me. <laughs> He's, He's a, a digger. digger. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got it's your okay. flow. Uh, editingbay.com. Uh, also, follow us on Twitter, at The Editing Bay. Please follow us there. If you do, I always announce what movies are coming up. In fact, uh, you might get the rest of the month uh, by the next time you check Twitter. I think we know the next three episodes, mm-hmm. maybe in advance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you'll, the only way you'll find out is to follow us on Twitter at Editing Bay, at The Editing Bay. <laughs> <laughs> on editingbay.com. Uh, guys, please leave us a rating and review on your podcasting app. Five star rating, and uh, give, you know, let us know what you like about the show. Is your mother Jewish? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wasn't sure if that was Jay Leno or uh... Crunch all you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck my face. So mm. yeah, leave us a rating and a review. We would uh, we'd appreciate that. I mean, everybody says that, yes. and because uh, eventually it's supposed to lead us to the land of Goshen. Um, <laughs> and also, if you're in Dallas, the Foreigner at the Pocket Sandwich Theater uh, till September 22nd. Come see Joe and uh, his. Uh, see me be a racist bigot. Uh, one of the most intense roles I've had to play. Can I take a picture of your mustache and uh, put it on the Facebook <laughs> Man, page? I'm for starting those to look pasty. It? It's looking a little. It's looking a little sloppy now. What are you talking about? That looks great. What are you talking about? You look like an actual racist. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> I appreciate. That. If I would have seen you on the street, Joe, didn't yeah. even know you. You'd think I was a racist. I would just think you had. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you got. You got some <laughs> racism in you. you. Got a pretty mouth. <laughs> Why don't you back off <laughs> and let me do my job? <laughs> Uh, all right. So next week, next week, we uh, there's a little show on uh, on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Is it Hulu or is it YouTube? It's YouTube Red. It's YouTube. It's YouTube Red. If you're a subscriber to that, you could see this show. Uh, if you're not, I think you can only get two episodes. I think they're actually releasing each one like weekly or monthly or something. I think like it's that. out now. Is it all I out for everybody to watch now? Yes, there are several up and more, many more well, than two. Well, fuck me, man. Uh, it's called Cobra Kai. Yeah. It's based on a movie called The Karate Kid. The Karate Kid. Next week, we're going to be checking out The Karate Kid 3. <laughs> yeah, man. Arguably the worst of the well, trilogy. but not, because you said that Rotten Tomatoes scored the next Karate Kid lower than any of the other movies. Yeah, but uh, from your review and others, I don't think it was that bad. I think maybe there's a little bit of a misogyny. I think so. Pushing because that rating down. Because the third one was fucking garbage. Oh, well, I can't wait. I can't wait to talk about it. But you know what, Joe? Speaking of the show Cobra Kai... Um, the direct- produced by one John Hurwitz and one Hayden Schlossberg. Do those names mean anything to you? Yeah, they're the ones that put together Harold and Kumar. They're the writers of uh-huh. the Harold and Kumar trilogy. I so. did not realize How that. about that? Little connection to Co- the Cobra Kai connection. That's pretty. Someday we'll find it. <laughs> you did. <laughs> you I found it. I found the Cobra Kai connection. You decoded it. You're like sneakers, you're like yeah. Whistler. <laughs> 
Right. What did it sound like? Anybody want to watch <laughs> something down. that these guys wrote? <laughs> Anybody want to watch a Cobra Kai TV show? Uh, what did it sound like? <laughs> no, no. Marty. Bish. <laughs> Bish. What? She's all yours, Bish. Listen, Bish. Uh, all right. Now we're just getting wacky here. Mm. Um, all right. Yeah. So next week we're going to watch Karate Kid 3. Oh. I don't think it's streaming anywhere. Probably not. Uh, if so they know what's good, good for them. Good luck finding this one. Um, or just listen to our uh, review. Is there anything else that you want to talk about? That is it. Rest in peace, John McCain. Rest in peace, Neil Simon. Yeah. You know what? The editing bay flag is at half mast. That's right. right. Now. From now until the rest of uh, until after Labor Day. You know, let's just go month because we can't wear we can't wear white after. <laughs> that's right. So that's we'll, we'll change our behaviors. I don't know what that means. Yeah, it's it's just rule. It's a faux pas. It's a fashion faux pas. Oh, if you wear white after Labor Day. So you better work, <laughs> Jeff. Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> Joel, always a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. See you next week for the Karate Kid Three. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.